This episode of Cryptic Cocktail Party is brought to you by Immortal Workshop. You a fan of MetaZoo? Then you need to check out Immortal Workshop, your go-to source for all things MetaZoo. Starting on March 31st, pre-orders for the highly anticipated MetaZoo native set will be available on immortalworkshop.com. And that's not all. Immortal Workshop is also running a giveaway on their site for a chance to win $250 in store credit. So don't miss out on the chance to stock up on your favorite MetaZoo cards and get a little cash while you're at it. But the fun doesn't stop there. Join the Immortal Workshop community on Discord to participate in their bi-weekly webcam tournaments, which are completely free to enter and offer exciting prizes. Make new friends, compete against other players, and improve your MetaZoo skills all at once. So what are you waiting for? Head to immortalworkshop.com and join the MetaZoo revolution. Your collection and your wallet will thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Cryptid Cocktail Party, a show where we have a few drinks, share a few laughs, and dive into the unknown. Today I'm joined by Tuesday uh, of the band Echo Break. You might also know him from either guesting on a live show with every other band from Ohio or just from being himself. <laughs> How you doing, man? God damn it. I mean, that. to be fair, that is a really good description. If there's a band in Ohio, I've probably <laughs> been on stage with them like once or twice. <laughs> I figured that would have been the best way to uh, introduce you to the audience. But uh, what's going on? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just got my drinks. Uh, why don't you Why don't you tell the audience what you are drinking currently? Uh, the worst shit imaginable, uh, other than Bush Light. It's fucking hard Mountain Dew, <laughs> black cherry. Oh, it's so gross, dude. I don't know how you could drink that. Where'd you even find Dude, that? Uh, my roommate just gave it to me. Because <laughs> I didn't have anything to drink, and I don't have a fucking car to go get shit. So I was like, I really wanted to get some drinks, and they were like, hold on, bestie. And that's... I, I don't think that's a bestie move. <laughs> that's like the opposite of. Hey, they also gave me a bigger Smirnoff smash, so it's like, whatever. All right, well, yeah, I'll take that. Uh <laughs> I got something to wash down with. You're going to chase your drink with another drink. That's how you know it's good. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on last minute. This was a kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants type deal. So I really do appreciate you helping me out with this. Uh, I guess my first question for you, this is an interview, but I do have a question for you. What is what is your relationship with cryptids? Are you a cryptid guy? Like, do you fuck with cryptids, or is this, like, going to be just mind-blowing all around for you? Uh, I don't really follow cryptids other than like the few local legends that we have in Ohio, mm -hmm. uh, and the lead vocalist of Daywalker, who yep. I assume is some sort of cryptid because like he meets the criteria, dude. He's been around for about a thousand years. <laughs> Everyone has really weird and badly cropped photos of him that don't really show him correctly because he's dark skin. He's elusive. And he screams. <laughs> like, bro. Well... Give me some give me some facts about him after the show and maybe I'll write an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, episode well, three hundred, Greg from Daywalker. <laughs> well, uh, today I'm going to tell you the story of the Grafton Monster. Are you familiar at all with what this is? Uh, no, not at all. 
How familiar are you with the state of West Virginia? I've driven through it twice. Other than that, nothing. All right. Well, why don't we just dive right in? I'll tell you the story, and then just feel free to jump in with anything you need to say or whatever. <laughs> Fuck so, yeah. So uh, the small town of Grafton is located in Taylor County, West Virginia. Uh, the only reason why the city came into existence is because it's a junction point for the Baltimore and Ohio railroads. They serve like several bunches uh, branches that are vital to the coal industry that were in the region at the time. I'm pretty sure they probably still are. I honestly have no idea. Uh, yeah. Grafton is also home to uh, the West Virginia National Cemeteries. The West Virginia Equal Suffrage Association was formed there in 19 1894. Uh, it was one yeah. of the first cities to observe Memorial Day. And, fun fact, Mother's Day was founded there in 1908. I don't know if that's impressive, but <laughs> besides that, there's not really much going on with the town. It's just like a small little, like, booming... I don't know what's the word. Railroad town. It just kind of can't believe up. they gave Frank Zappa's other band a whole ass holiday. <laughs> uh, but like I said, there wasn't really much going on. That is until June 16th of 1964, when a reporter for the local paper came across what would come to be known as the Grafton monster, AKA the beast of Grafton. You ready to deep dive into the story? Hold up. I I'm going to, let, let's see some pics of this. I'm going to pull it up on Google Images, you see if anyone see? has any badly well, no, you, you uh, cropped can't, photos. You can't yet. You can't, because I have to give you the description of it first. Okay. I don't want you to ruin the story, but you're doing it anyways, aren't you? I can hear you typing, you fuck. <laughs> no, I'm getting the search queued up, and I'll click enter whenever it's convenient for you. All right, so the story goes that on, the, that, on that night, Robert Cockrell, uh, a reporter for the Grafton Sentinel, now rebranded as the Mountain Statesman, which sounds like a militia that would be formed, uh, was driving home from work around 11 p.m. Uh, he was driving down what is now Yates Ave, a.k.a. Route 119, a.k.a. Riverside Drive, uh, a road that follows along the Tiger River. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but anyways, turning a curve in the road, Cockrell was met by what he described as a huge white obstruction standing on a patch of grass located between the road and the river. Not really sure what he was seeing. He slowed down to get a better look. There he saw what he described as a seven to nine foot tall, four foot wide creature that was bone white, had skin like a seal. Uh, it also had no discernible head, but somehow was also emitting a whistling sound. So if you want to go ahead and look up a picture of it right now, uh, feel free to, because it is probably one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. This is going to be interesting. Keep that description in mind while looking at these photos. Damn, bro, the new Amnesia DLC is looking tight. <laughs> uh, what is the, did you find a good picture of it? There's no good pictures yeah. of it. It's all going to be artist renderings or screen caps from Fallout 76. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing is Fallout 76. But that's pretty which much I what it looked to like. be accurate. It looked like that. Just a... I don't know. It reminds me of. Do you remember Looney Tunes at all? Yes. You know that, bro. You, I, you the, think I'm that young? No, but you know that furry red <laughs> alien that's always with Marvin the Martian, like the big thing. It looks like that, yeah. but with like no, no fur. It's just skin. Some of the other renderings I'm seeing kind of look like the Yellow Devil from Mega Man, and I really don't know how to feel about that with the trauma <laughs> I've sustained from Mega Man on the NES. It does kind of look like that, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's pretty nightmarish. Imagine like turning the corner of a like a winding road and just seeing that. I like this picture of it because it implies that its eyes are nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's very accurate. Oh, my God. All right. Well, <laughs> clearly freaked the fuck out. Cockrell took off out of, the, out of there fast as he could. Once home, uh, he called up his friends Jerry Morse and Jim... I don't know how to pronounce Jim Mouser uh, to go back with him to the spot where he had seen the creature. But when they returned, the monster was nowhere to be seen. Uh, no tracks, no nothing except this faint whistling sound that seemed to follow them as they investigated uh, and some trampled grass where the creature was standing. Uh, the next day, Cockrell Croc- Croc- went to <laughs> work at the Sentinel like any other day, but decided not to say anything about his encounter because it's, fucking crazy and i feel like in 1964 if you walk into your place of business claiming you saw a no-headed nine foot tall seal skin monster you'd probably be immediately fired and ridiculed uh bro they'll be like yeah we got something for that pulls out the ice pick (laughs) just just give him a lobotomy right then and there like no 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 it's fine you'll you'll be calmer after this it's fine uh trust me jack it's a swift procedure (laughs) is that is that 64 or is that more like I feel like that's like 1920s, like like flapper era. Eh, it's all the depends same. on where you are in the U.S. That's fair enough. <laughs> uh, but like I said, some people see, still speak like that. They, they do in Maine, uh, but that that is until uh, he decided to keep quiet until he heard uh, other people having a similar encounter. Uh, I guess he received more than 20 calls from people who claimed to have also seen some like headless bone white blob. Now, how they knew to call him, I don't know. One source I read said that even though he wanted to be quiet, uh, just like I'm sure you have friends that would do the same way as I would, uh, his buddies like loved the idea of a monster on the loose. So they went around town and pretty much told anyone who would listen to them that there was a monster around town. Uh, this led to people, mostly teenagers, uh, armed with baseball bats and literally any <laughs> weapon that was closest to them. They formed monster hunting parties. Uh, now, this roving pack of armed teenagers could be found up and down Riverside Drive, not far from where Cockrell had his sighting. Now, I, I honestly thought that when researching this, that like a pack of like armed teenagers roaming the streets would have easily have led to a lot of problems. Uh, like in the case of the Enfield monster, I don't know if you heard that episode, but uh, people just started open firing into bushes and shit like that. But as far as I can God tell, damn. that didn't happen. But basically... His encounter led to basically like the Warriors situation, just like, <laughs> just like teens walking down the streets with like baseball bats and found like, I don't know, just found items. It's wild. If you want to check your phone, you'll know exactly what I've been thinking this entire time you're explaining that. <laughs> Fucking Earth, <laughs> that is kind of what, but that without the head is got. I mean, yeah, that is a hundred percent. The monster, yes, I agree 100%. You just described the entire opening of Earthbound (laughs) up to the star man. Well, I mean, maybe that's where they got the idea from. Possible, actually. It is. (laughs) Now, like I said, these this roving group of teens, they didn't, nothing happened with them. What did happen, though, was Cockrell was inspired by the teens uh, in the new sightings that he received. He decided to write an article for the Grafton Sentinel, uh, interviewing some of the teens and uh, sourcing some of the calls that he received. He published his article titled, quote, Teenage Monster Hunting Party's Latest Activity in Grafton Scene on June 18th, 1964. Some of the sightings in the article are wild, but this one right here is probably my favorite. It's a bit long, but trust me, it's worth it. So... This is, this is anonymous. I don't know who sent this in, but it, it reads, 
I have seen the creature called the Grafton Monster several times when I was a young man, and it is very real. My first encounter, I was with my father cutting wood. He had finished and were loading the truck when our two dogs started barking. He stood there and listened. Something was walking, getting closer. My dad told me to get the gun from the cab. He carried a double-barreled 10-gauge with double-zero buckshot. Whatever it was had picked up its pace and continued towards us. All we knew for sure was it was big and wasn't scared of us, the dogs or the chainsaw. It stopped at 50 to 55 yards from us in the trees and went quiet. My dad pulled both hammers back and stood in front of me, told me to be ready. The next thing that happened, I'll never forget. It stepped out, looked at us, took three strides in our direction, turned and walked back into the tree line. That was my first sighting of the beast, and I'll never forget it. My second encounter was two months later at night, fishing alone. I spotted him on the opposite bank. I got the hell out of the area. <laughs> Hands down, one of my favorite stories of this, this grafted monster. Just, I love that every story that we tell on this, someone has a gun and they're ready to shoot whatever it is. And he just dips. Mm-hmm. Like a pussy. Dude, if you're nine feet tall and four feet wide, I don't like what the like. I don't think a shotgun blast is really gonna slow you down. But maybe seal skin might not be that thick, so I don't know. Unless it's like shark skin. I don't know if shark skin and seal skin is the same thing. I don't know, dude. I don't care how tall I am. I'm still afraid of a shotgun. Yeah, I'd be more afraid of the chainsaw though. I feel like if you're like a fucking cryptid, I don't think a. I don't know. I feel like people shoot shit with shotguns all the time in these stories, and then nothing ever happens to them. True, but, like, chainsaws are more of a sensory overload than they are, like, a truly threatening weapon. Until they fucking hit you. Yeah, but it's way <laughs> easier for a shotgun to hit you than a chainsaw. That's not true. From, like, 50 yards away, are you really going to, are you that, I guess buckshot, it just kind of spreads. But I feel like a, I feel like a shotgun is a very close-range weapon. Like, he'd have to get real close before you can do some serious damage with a shotgun. Fair. Same with a chainsaw. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's very Brian, true. <laughs> are you just long ranging your chainsaw? Do you have it on a string? No, dude, it's one of those fucking those like lumberjack chainsaws. It's like nine feet long. You know the ones I'm talking about. Oh my god. <laughs> now, obviously, the authorities couldn't just have like a bunch of regular dudes now amateur monster hunters walking around in the woods with like bats and guns. So they decided their to open their own official investigation. Uh, so on June 19th, the same paper re-released uh, released another article claiming that the, ta- that the entire town was suffering from, quote, spring fever, uh, dismissing the monster altogether, saying that the bored locals were just imagining a creature, uh, which, according to them, was just some dude pushing a cart piled up, <laughs> pushing a hand cart piled high with boxes, and that the low lighting caused them to take on a weird shape and have people mistake him for a nine-foot-tall uh, creature. Interesting. It's my that's my favorite explanation for a crypto. No, dude, it's just a dude, dude, and he's just pushing boxes. What do you guys have against Steve? <laughs> Come on, bro. It's just Steve and a sheet, dude. But who's fucking pushing carts full of boxes at eleven o'clock at night down a road? You know what I mean? Like obviously, crackhead Steve. True. He was going around collecting cans and just got really enamored with these boxes. <laughs> bro, this is West Virginia. True. It's West Virginia. Yeah, but. It's- 1964, crack wasn't invented yet, so it's probably meth or moonshine. They both fuck with your brain. Moonshine. Moonshine. All right, we'll go. We'll go with moonshine, Steve. <laughs> That's what he was probably coming down from his distillery, and all those were filled with jugs of moonshine. Goddamn. I think we cracked the case, dude. <laughs> yeah, bro, it wasn't encrypted. It's just moonshine, Steve. It's moonshine, Steve, man. 
<laughs> now, obviously, that's a fucking stupid explanation for what people saw. Uh, but there are other explanations that I think are much better. Uh, Gray Barker, one of the people responsible for putting Mothman on the map, thinks that maybe the grafted monster uh, was an alien lab animal put here by extraterrestrials to test the livability of planet Earth, and that the whistling sound you were hearing was actually coming from his spaceship. Uh, <laughs> others suggest it's an interdimensional being, uh, but my favorite explanation uh, comes from one of the teenagers who was monster hunting, and he thinks that it's just a regular old run-of-the-mill boilerplate uh, escaped polar bear. But I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know where. <laughs> like no one. Like he gave the explanation is like, but where would it come from? It's not. It's not the. It's not lost. Like there's no just polar bears running around West Virginia, as far as I know. Definitely not natural habitat. No, bro. A polar bear would thrive in West Virginia. You think so? Those motherfuckers are big. Those are bigger than regular bears. Yeah, but it wouldn't... Th- well, at least the ones we have out here in the Midwest. <laughs> got- I- I'm not going to say anything about, like, the bears that I uh, have seen in New Hampshire, because, no, them, them fuckers big. But the the polar bears in, in the Midwest are, are nothing to be fucked with, is what no, you're saying? No, the regular-ass bears. My bad. Yeah, but he says this is an no. escaped polar bear. Not a regular-ass bear. It would not thrive. I in was West saying Virginia. it would thrive in West Virginia because it would be bigger than competition. That is true. That is true. <laughs> it would die very quickly though, because there's no seals or anything. I don't know what. <laughs> no, dude, it would start killing anything to eat. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how polar bears work. I don't know if they have to be cold. Like, do they have to be cold? No, I think they're just like a bear that evolved to sustain cold, so it's got an extra thick coat. Yeah, but wouldn't the heat like? kill it because it has that extra thick coat like it wouldn't be able to like bears that exist in the heat also have extra thick coat (laughs) and usually (laughs) it is to block off sunlight all right that's fair enough Uh, but yeah so it just works (laughs) but yeah we we probably won't ever really know what robert cockerell and the others saw by the tiger river in 1964 but it's clearly left an impact on grafton uh, with the Grafton monster being featured in games like Fallout 76 and MetaZoo and the subject of countless television episodes, books, and documentaries. But, yeah, that's the story of uh, of the Grafton monster. What did you think, man? Definitely uh, very reminiscent of Earthbound. <laughs> that's your takeaway from it? What did you think? Do you as th- much. Like, do you think like it's something that would have existed, or do you think it's just like they saw a fucking Moonshine Steve bringing down his jugs? Honestly, the most plausible <laughs> argument sounds like the escaped polar bear. But where would it have escaped? I don't think there was just like a, like like no. When they when they when he suggested that, I think they were like, well, there's no like zoos around here. Like unless someone was buying exotic pets back then and just one Did of them got loose. Rich people owning exotic pets is nothing new, and them getting loose is also nothing. Yep, that is very fair. <laughs> Dude, some rich dickhead just loses polar bear. He's like, yeah, I better not say anything about this. But do you come forward at that point? Like, you're like, it's my polar bear? Or you're like, fuck, dude. <laughs> they all think it's a bot. Like, no, I, I you skip town. <laughs> you change your name. So some roller, so, so some railroad tycoon had a polar bear just locked up in his yard, and then it escaped, and he's like, I don't know what happened here. Must have been a monster. What do you mean whipped cream wasn't enough to feed him? <laughs> You're telling me he doesn't survive solely on Coca-Colas? I've seen the commercials. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Help me out with this episode. 
Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you got coming up? I know you got a show coming up soon. If you want to plug it, I actually have a couple a couple shows coming up. Uh, one, my last show with Daywalker is going to be uh the second stage of Chaos and Carnage. Fuck yeah, dude! Opening up for Suicide Silence and shit. Suicide Silence, Dying Fetus, Born of Osiris. Uh, Sugar Booger Bong or whatever that band's called from Dude, Ohio. All I know is that Born of Osiris was going off on their Facebook page the other day about them. It was the most funny thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I love Sansi Sugarbox so much. Oh, so I'm good. really pumped to see them. And then Echo Break's first two shows out of hiatus are coming up. May 27th and May 30th. Hell yeah, man. Well... I don't live near you, so I can't go, but I wish you all the all the best. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And with that, God, do I got to plug anything? Oh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Cryptic Cocktail Party. You can follow me on Twitter, too, at the same handle, but I rarely ever use it because Twitter is a fucking nightmare. Uh, we also have a Ko-Fi. If you want to support the show, throw a couple bones. Uh, it's ko-fi slash Cryptic Cocktail Party. Uh, but besides that, I don't think I got anything. Uh, so with that, I guess we'll sign off. You want to say goodbye to everyone? Later.